Hey, just a quick note before we begin. When we recorded this episode, the release plans for the second Fate Stay Night Heaven's Feel film, Lost Butterfly, were not yet known. Since then, it has been more or less confirmed that the movie is going to be released by Fathom Events rather than Ozoland Pictures, which means that it's actually incredibly unlikely that it's going to reach Canadian theaters. As we discuss in the episode, this is a really bad sign since the first Heaven's Feel film actually performed extremely well in Canada. If you want to see this second movie in theaters, I strongly recommend reaching out to Anaplex of America through social media as soon as possible to make sure you get the message through loud and clear. and Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Uh, every year we do an episode where we look back on the past year of anime theatrical releases in Canada, uh, and we're going to be doing that in this episode uh, for 2018. Uh, joining me, uh, as he always does for these episodes, is Randy. Randy, would you uh, mind introducing yourself just for any new listeners who might not be familiar with you? Hey, uh, I'm Randy. I've been a part of Zen in Canada since way, way back. Almost, oof, I don't even want to think what how long it's been. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you were uh, you, you were from the the old forum for the back when it was a blog. I and, sure was. Uh, I think you were on episode two of the podcast. So yeah, you know, you've been around. <laughs> we're going to be looking back on Canadian anime theatrical releases uh, for 2018, uh, both in terms of just the movies we were able to catch and. Uh, just the current state of uh, theatrical releases. Uh, Randy, if you were to use one word to describe the, the past year in Canadian theatrical anime releases, what 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 would that word be? Um, it's tricky because we got a lot of really good stuff, uh, but we're also towards the end of the year we started seeing a big drop off of what we were getting. So uh, initially excellent, and by the end disappointing. Yeah, I was thinking more like catastrophe, but <laughs> or bloodbath. Maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion a little bit. It the whole situation has really bothered me. Um, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, there's been a huge, very quick, very jarring um, fall off of reliability for the uh, theatrical releases of anime. Uh, what makes it worse is that 2017 as well as 2016, they were such great years. We got so many great films. Nearly everything that got released in the United States also mm-hmm. got a Canadian release, uh, to to some degree, to, to some extent or another. Um, however, in 2018, um, I, I I tried counting. I think there were somewhere between 25 to 30 theatrical releases of anime of some sort in the United States. Um, we got maybe half of them in Canada in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, and that's if you count. Um, film festival screenings and uh, cases where a film only screened in one or two cities right. uh, or just one city, which happened with um, quite a few major titles, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's pretty unfortunate because theatrical anime has been a very important part uh, just of an- like anime's presence in Canadian media for the past few years is we don't have stuff on TV. And, mm-hmm. of course, having... You know, having stuff on TV in some kind of tsunami-like capacity is 
is very important. And theatrical releases really offered a highly accessible, kind of highly visible exposure for anime. Um, you know, you, they'd show up in major and a lot of smaller cities. Um, they tended to be well promoted. Uh, and I think most importantly, at least from what I've observed in many of the theatrical releases I've gone to, they very frequently attract people who aren't necessarily anime fans. Um, or there are people who are kind of outside of that usual demographic or people who may be more curious about anime, but aren't going to go to a convention or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, the crowds are always really interesting to see for whatever movie I'm seeing. I always have a really big one fascination with what is the crowd for this movie actually compared to where it is on the internet. Uh, and, and there's been a few surprises, uh, especially with the idol stuff, I'd say. Yeah, that's something that's actually been consistently reliable is those uh, live action delay or live delay uh, screenings for idle performances uh, that are like mm-hmm. four hours long and have no subtitles. Uh, we have been getting I, I think we have been getting those more reliably than we've been getting anime films. Yeah, I was going to I was going to bring that up uh, in our discussions is that uh, we can reliably count on the idol concerts to come out here, even some of the more. Uh, obscure ones, uh, like the, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to get into that before we actually get started with the actual movies. Yeah. Um, we had three Love Live, uh, shows, only one of which I went to. Uh, we had the, the third and the fourth lives, uh, came out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go to either of those just because I was feeling a bit of a burnout. And, uh, my, my roommates actually got to go to the fourth one in Japan when they went. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was, I was too jealous to go see that one. Uh, but we got the unit carnival one, which is a bunch of the subgroups within the, uh, aqua group doing a little short concerts, which was really cool to see. Uh, but the actual one that I really liked the most was the bang dream, uh, fifth live two concert series. Which was really interesting, um, because the Bang Dream Girls Band Party is a franchise where, uh, there's five idol groups in the actual show. They're, they're not idols, they're bands. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, they're idols. Uh, I think there's five. There might be six now. Uh, and they, uh, play their own instruments to the groups do. So each of the shows, one of those two bands did a performance, and I found it really, really interesting and really good. Uh, these ones were interesting because they actually subtitled uh, the concerts oh, besides wow, the songs. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> um, they they kind of had to. Uh, because I, mean, they, I guess they're getting more popular, so they can kind of they can kind of justify that measure. I know when they first started doing those, I don't think they had any idea of how they how much money they'd make or how they'd perform. No. It and the Love Live ones are still are still unsubtitled too. Yeah. Uh just the part like they had to do the Bang Dream ones because there's about uh each concert had four or five uh fifteen to twenty minute segments where one of the band members would do something to train for the concert, uh which was really uh, really fun to watch. Uh, one of them, uh, had to boost her courage by doing street performances. So she went to a bunch of, uh, places and performed live acoustically. Like first it was the office, then it was, uh, a street outside the office, then it was Shibuya, and then she ended up performing in the same place where she had performed when she was a teenager. And one of the guys who used to watch her ended up walking by and noticing her 
and and so she got really emotional because this guy who had been supporting her for the whole time had uh just randomly come up and and met her again mm-hmm. uh so it was it was full of those kind of things which i found uh really endearing and i really, really enjoyed that part of the concert uh it was probably as far as the adult concerts go it's probably my favorite one i've seen so far was the bank dream ones which yeah, kind of surprised that whole franchise just kind of came out of nowhere, and I, but I, mm-hmm. I I heard they had announced it, and I wondered how well it was going to do. But I heard people talking about it all all the time. I I didn't I don't go to those myself, but it, the uh, I I think the one in Vancouver was fairly well attended from what I've I've gathered. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if those if those keep going. Also, this is th- this should come as a strong sign that you know the J-pop idol kind of industry and movement should try to be making more of a headway in uh, in Canadian cities than they they currently are but it seems we're kind of in a in a yeah. limbo situation with that well right at now, this at this point we there's a few like there's the dancing groups yeah and there's a few uh sister L groups that have popped up in Vancouver I know there's one for sure that's popped up recently uh that's getting popular in that respect so uh it's all pretty uh I'm curious to see how it's going to go yeah. Well, I mean, and there's like for amateur groups, there's tons of them here in Vancouver. There's 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 so many. Um, but you know, you, you it's just interesting that they don't. I, I know that idol groups they they'll do performances in like some major Californian cities and like may, maybe New York every now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems they don't want to break outside of of those markets. Hopefully that'll change. You know, I, I'm not a I'm not a big marketing person, so I don't really know what types of marketing data they use to determine. Uh, what cities or um, what kind of degree of rollout you'd use with something like whether it's an idle concert or idle performance or an anime film screening for mm-hmm. how much coverage something like that is going to get in in Canada. Um, based on the way that many of these theatrical releases for anime are handled, uh, I, I don't think they really have consistent information that they're going by. Um, cause these things tend to be handled, even, even at, you know, when we were, when we were getting films consistently, um, there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to why one film would be getting a lot of exposure and another film wouldn't. Minor titles would get very wide releases across, you know, very different Cineplex theaters, mm-hmm. whereas more major releases would get shunted entirely. And where a lot of that is just kind of coming, coming, coming to a headway. Um, just in terms of idols, again, do, are there any, like, Love Live films, like, anime films lined up or anything like that in the near future that could, we could be getting uh, a theatrical treatment for? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up at the end. Uh, we have the Love Live Sunshine movie just came out a few weeks ago okay. uh, in Japan, and if we get a similar situation to what happened before, I'm going to be very disappointed uh, in that Canada didn't get their Love Live movie screenings until after the Blu-rays had come out. Yeah. Uh, so our audience was was very very dead. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully in this case we'll get uh, a simultaneous release with the American release, or at least very close. Has an American release been announced for that? No, but I, I it's only a matter of time. It's it's going to be interesting because I think those I think those lot those um, live delays uh, that were that we've been getting for for idle performances that creates a very strong argument for actually getting the next Love Live film in theaters yeah. here. Um, so if it, if we don't wind up getting it, there's it's going to... Well, I was going to say, it's, it's definitely going to show that there's something awry with the way that this stuff is being organized. But I think it's pretty clear that there is something awry right now. 
Um, yeah, I think it depends on who's the distributor for the movie. If it's Azaland, we're for sure going to get it. Yeah. yeah. But what's likely going to happen is that Funimation's going to get it. And Funimation is a little spotty on what we get, what we don't. Increasingly uh, so. Uh, we, they... We've been okay a little bit with some of the Funimation stuff, but as a whole, I'm not... Uh, I'm not hopeful. Yeah, if Funimation gets See, it, I don't know. You you mention uh you know distributors, but it's hard to pinpoint where the blame really lies for the big mm-hmm. decline that we've seen in the past year. A, a big part of it is that a lot of companies are opting to use Fathom Events for mm-hmm. films instead of companies like Eleven Arts or Azoland, who generally uh generally do uh, a push in the U.S. and Canada, but that's unfortunately starting to change now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fath- Fathom Events, if you know people aren't familiar, it is a partnership between U.S.-only theater chains. They actually seem to be hosting most of the theatrical anime in the U.S. right now. Um, I think they show up in like Regal Cinemas and uh, and a few others. I would argue that it's, it's kind of like a, a Hulu-fication of theatrical anime in a way, because unlike Azuland or Eleven Arts, Fathom Events literally can't um, extend their services to Canada because none of those theater chains exist up here. Um, I think in in some cases, let's say with Funimation, they have to make some kind of ex- extra uh, distribution effort to get to get it in theaters. I don't know what partners they work with. Mm-hmm. I know that they, of course, uh, the My Hero Academia film did get released here and quite a small release, but it did get, it did get up here. So in some cases they're willing to, uh, to work out some kind of deal. I don't know how they make it work, but I I think the problem here is that they're now, they've now sort of fallen into a pattern where additional effort is required to, to get the, to get films in theaters here. I think the reason Mm -hmm. we had gotten so much in the past and, you know, there, there have been, since these screenings started with, I think they basically started with the Evangelion films back um, almost a decade ago. Yeah, I think that's about where yeah. it started. And like in those situations, um, we would very frequently, ha- like the films would show up in m- like more theaters in Canada than they did in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that percentage-wise. Like literally more screens were showing like those Ava 1.1 and 2.2 uh, films than w- were happening in the U.S. And that's just... That's just, it's not because they were tr- doing a harder push here. That's just kind of how, um, how the ball rolled at the time in terms of the distribution deal that they were able to, to strike up. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the way I see it, the way that the reason we got so much was just because it was convenient. Um, it just, it just fell into like having a wider Canadian release or getting it released into a lot of those films released into a lot of theaters up here just it just kind of fell into the strategy that they were deploying in the US so they just went along with it but now that more companies are working with fathom events that creates extra work to have to get films in in uh out in Canada to any degree and mm-hmm. i i think and this can be said with many things in regards to US companies distributing anime in Canada they will you know they they will serve Canada as long as it's convenient for them but the second they have to do any kind of additional work, they're just, they, they, they'll, they'll just pull out or, uh, as, as we've seen with, um, actually, Eleven Arts, I was surprised. They stated recently that ha- they did the Haikara-san films. Mm-hmm. And they, with part two, they said, well, ask your local theaters if they'll pick it up. And 
you know, Eleven Arts has been very reliable. I think they've, they have generally been the best company for dealing with Canada for, for releasing films up here. Um, they did, of course, Hikaris on part, part one earlier this year. They did the Machia release. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but with, uh, Hikaris on part two and Liz and the Blue Bird most recently, uh, they were not able to pull off those releases and they were, have been asking the audience, well, basically, we'll talk to your local theater to, mm-hmm. to pick them up. And just like, you're, like, this is supposed to be your job to, yeah. to push these films. You're the Canadian distributor. You should be pushing. You should be doing the work, contacting these theaters, getting them to pick up the film. But you're making the fans do all the work because mm-hmm. it's now this situation where you have to do additional work in order to serve Canada. It doesn't just fall in, easily fall into the strategy like it used to. I don't know. I'm kind of speculating based on the little we know because we don't actually seem to know that much because there's so many factors that go into this whole theatrical distribution thing. I don't know if you have any additional insight on this, because I know you've, uh, you've worked with these companies a little closer. Uh, I don't have too much more insight. I just know that, that uh, I work for Icon, which is a convention in yeah. Manitoba. Uh, we have a partnership with Eleven Arts uh, to get some of the movies uh, at our cons. Um, and, uh, for example, this uh, this past summer, we had um, the first Haikara San uh in our for one of our main events which was really nice um i i went to see that and i saw that one in theaters um i found it extremely charming uh it's it so a, charming i yeah, love it, it so much <laughs> it's a it, it's definitely feels like an old shoujo series uh slightly updated for uh modern filming techniques and whatnot um but i found it uh a nice throwback to the uh, the big drama pieces uh, of older shoujo, which yes. was really fun. Wonderful retro shoujo melodrama. <laughs> but it seems that they 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 will recreate like the the style of storytelling. They they seem very reluctant these days to recreate the art style oh, yeah. of like seventies and eighties shoujo, which I find very disappointing. You 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 never you only see that done in parody now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one will ever sincerely adopt that style anymore, which is it, it, it's disappointing. With Hikarasan. Um, yeah, I, I found it very. I didn't know anything about it going in, apart from the fact that it was adapted from a, a shoujo manga. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I really greatly enjoyed it. I was surprised that Eleven Arts was able to pull off such a wide release for mm-hmm. um, such a such a niche title. Uh, and I, I was actually looking at the box office intakes for all the anime released this year. It was it was unsurprisingly at the very bottom. Oh yeah. Because um, <laughs> uh, you know some, but somehow they they managed to wrangle that release. Um, it, it, just in the, in regards to the film itself, um, obviously it's, you know, it's, it's adapting a, a fairly long manga and I, uh, I kind of wish they had done a little more with the detective arc, uh, around the mm-hmm. end. It was just, when you look at it as a film, it seems like a weird thing to kind of throw in there at the end when you can, yeah. it, like it was a whole thing in the, in the manga, obviously, but, um, yeah, it's one of those, more... it's one of those problems that, um, that come across when you're adapting a long running series into, two movies is that lots of the uh very important plot lines for like a later revelation uh just can't get the uh the screen time it it needs to really uh develop properly but it's a necessary element going forward in that story so it needs to be there it's one of those weird issues that that happen a lot in lots of these long-running manga to movie manga to live action adaptations that happens that yeah. I it's just it's kind of unavoidable uh in terms of the storytelling that 
anime films tend to take. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, in, but Eleven Arts did strike up a deal with Cineplex for, mm-hmm. for Hikarasan, which, again, it goes back to, like, how on earth does this film get a, get a wide release, but, you know, something more, uh, that really should be more popular doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I can't help but get this this kind of creeping feeling that the failure of or the the poor performance of Hikarasan may have damaged um, Eleven Arts' ability to get other movies out in Cineplex because that often seems to be the way it plays out. Yeah, um, I'm looking I'm looking at it, at it too, and it looks like Hikara is like or well Makuya, Makuya is the last Eleven Arts that was yeah really big here, um, but I can definitely see that Hikarasan is probably a indicator of the lessening of what they had um 11 arts also put out i think they put out manaha reflection as well earlier this they earlier did, they this did yes actually uh, that's one i forgot to i missed yeah. on my list but they they did pull yeah they, they did pull off that release as well mm-hmm. which i also saw and and i i'm a manaha fan from way back i think it i think uh mecca but maho shoujo is such a interesting concept uh and watching uh, the characters that I liked before uh, in this new movie, in this new new great animation, was really fun. Um, but we're absolutely not going to see Nile Reflection Part 2 uh, in theaters. I, I doubt that with every fiber of my, be- of my being. Um, I really want to see it, but yeah. um, me and my roommate, when we went to the movie, we were like, we, the whole car ride, we were just like, couldn't believe that we were going to see a Nanoha movie in the theater. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of unbelievable. Uh, and at the time, that was like early February or March. We were like, oh, this is the best time for anime movies ever. Uh, yeah. And precursor to the uh, the slowing down of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah whatever, whatever magic Eleven Arts was pulling off to get films like that in theaters it seems to have mm-hmm. been either they they uh they they pushed it too far or some external change has happened that is uh not allowing them to pull that off anymore mm-hmm. um either way it's really unfortunate in terms of Ozolan, which is another company that tends usually to work with anaplex or sentai filmworks a lot of the time uh they announced that the film for Love Chinibio and Another Delusions Take on Me was going to get a Canadian release, but then they, for the first like the first time I've seen this happen, they actually went back on that announcement and said, "Oh, sorry, we're not going to be releasing it in Canada." It seems that not only did whatever release strategy they were planning not work out in that case, that also they said that you can't even recommend it to your local theater. We're just not allowing it to be released at all. So I I can't even begin to speculate on why that is the case on one hand it could be that they tried to get uh, a deal with cineplex and when they couldn't get the deal with cineplex they just weren't willing to do anything mm-hmm. um or it could be that the maybe or the possibly even just the, their japanese parent company is not allowing them to do it or it, i don't know <laughs> i i don't i don't think we're ever going to get any information out of them regarding that but no i don't um, think so it was definitely a kind of fishy development yeah um it, it's making me believe that anything Senta gets movie-wise is we're it's not going to stand a chance over yeah. here. Uh, uh yeah at this point at this point have I they gotten can't... anything out for, uh, in Canada? I know I know I think I don't got, think so. Uh, 
we got a short piece a oh, few yeah, years we, ago. We got that short was, piece. That was Sentai. Yeah, uh, um, we got Girls in Panzer. We did get Girls in Panzer, that's true, yes. Yes. Um, uh, but those are those are the two that I can think yeah. of off the top of my head right but, now. Yeah, but it, it just shows that you, like, there's no factor that can est- that can firmly establish whether or not we can expect to get uh, an anime film released. Um, I, I don't think even, like, the way... Even if something had had a previous installment that was successful, I don't know if that's going to guarantee it either. Um, like the um, Heaven, first Heaven's Feel film for for Fate, I think mm-hmm. I think we already talked about this on the show because technically it was a it was a release from last year. Oh um, yeah, but it was a holdover when we got it in Canada. But I mean, it did extremely yes. well. It sold out in uh, almost every theater. Uh, yeah, I, um, it was very popular in my theater too. I I, I forgot that we talked about it before, um, yeah. but I'm just looking. Right, back it may have, it may have been an episode without you. If you have, if you have some thoughts on that, just go ahead uh, and share it. I, I, I must have been the episode. Uh, no, I just really liked how yeah. Heaven's Feel was a rare, very uh, just the way it started off with a very slow character character based story before it got into all the action. I yeah. found that really really interesting, and then the action itself was was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I was not expecting it to be told as artfully as it kind of was mm-hmm. with a lot more nuance than I had expected. Uh, and I, I'm really, really hope that we get more heavens feel. Yeah. Uh, it, it translates the whole story out very well into thematic, mm-hmm. into a theatrical language or cinematic mm-hmm. language, uh, which is like, I've heard people claim that you have to read. Well, of course there's always going to be people who will, who will claim that you have to read the visual novel for Fate before you can watch the movies. I don't feel that that was the case at all with Heaven's Feel. Obviously, it's not for newcomers. You have to be familiar with the franchise or have to have seen some kind of adaptation of one of the roots, at least. Yeah, I, but, I took I took my partner with me to see yeah. it, and he had no idea what was happening. Because yeah, he, because the main, the main meeting between Shiro and Saber is told over the credits. Yeah, as exactly. You were expecting to know it already. Yeah, you you have uh, to have you have to at least have unlimited blade works under your belt before yeah. going into that one, um, um, which is fine. <laughs> I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah, um, but, but I, yeah, I, it, I, I I do see Heaven's Feel as a situation where uh, it's popular enough that we almost are for sure getting it. Uh, unless it's going to be, a, I'm, it's I'm, be I'm, a good test, I think. Yeah. I think I think that'll be the test. Like, to see are they actually what's pay- happening here? Are they actually paying attention to what is popular here and what sells here, or are they just making arbitrary decisions yeah. based on questionable data? Yeah. Well, that's going to uh, be the big test. Yeah. And also, are they going to are they going to have Fathom events released in the U.S. or Azoland? I'm hoping mm-hmm. that Azoland gets mm-hmm. that one because it will increase our chances. But see, there's so many weird factors. You don't you you can't you cannot. It's completely unpredictable. Um, but my fingers are crossed that we'll get that second uh, Heaven's Feel film. I think so. Yeah. Um, going back to Funimation, uh, I, I think in 2018, the big the big red flag for me that there was going to be something seriously wrong <laughs> going on this year was when we didn't get the, that first Eureka 7, a high evolution film. Right. Because uh, that came out, uh, I think, like February in the U.S., and right from the beginning, they said that it would be getting a release in the United States, and they never gave any kind of definitive statement about whether or not Canada would be getting it. Uh, and I, I found that really worrying, because, you know, I, Eureka 7, of course, was not the most successful show on Bionics, 
Um, but it was nonetheless, it was a show that ran on YTV, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you're doing, if you're paying any, any degree of attention, if you're doing any kind of market research or, you know, keeping track of the Canadian market to any degree whatsoever, you should know that. And you, you should know that if a, a whole show ran on YTV, that should qualify it for at least some kind of limited run <laughs> theatrically, yeah, uh, logi- logically, definitely. but, uh, it's something like the biggest oversight from Funimation this year. I, I think so, for sure. Easily. Um, I mean, like, the, uh, reviews of that film have not been very good. No. Um, I, 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 I really only want to see, like, the first ten minutes of it, which is where they, they put the new, um, kind of, uh, kind of backstory event, uh, at the beginning, uh, documenting the, um, the first summer of love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the only part I want to see. I could, I could watch that and then walk out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, the big problem is that there's no other way to watch it. You can't rent it. You can't nope. stream it. You have to buy the physical disc mm-hmm. to, that's the only way you can, you can watch it legally in Canada right now. And I don't want to do that. I don't want no. to invest. This is not a movie I want to invest in. It's a movie I just want to see. Um, and I, they're not really making any way, they're not making it available in any way. And I mean, it raises all kinds of questions. Like, are they just focusing less overall in Canada or are they just unaware of the fact that this show ran on YTV and should be getting more of a push? I, I think that would be, that would actually be the, the more worrying thing in my mind. Yeah. I, I but, think it's probably both, honestly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the fact that you can't watch those movies without actually buying a disc is a bit of a problem, especially since Vimation has their own streaming app where they should be putting a lot of films on and they haven't yet. Um, it's as far as streaming platforms go, um, they're falling behind High Dive at this point because High, oh, Dive, yeah. High it, Dive puts out all their movies. Yeah, and uh, I mean, now, now that Funimation is split from Verve and Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. they have to be extremely competitive because they have a huge they have a huge disadvantage because they have the the worst platform of the three. I mean, they yeah. introduced they introduced downloading on the app, which uh, you know I'll totally give them I will give them props for that for sure, but. Like still, they have easily the worst app out of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I say and so. They, and they have a, it, it is an uphill battle. So I, I think um, they're still sharing a lot of content with Crunchyroll as we're seeing this season. Yes, but soon they're gonna have they're gonna start you know getting exclusives like the fruit basket, the fruits basket anime, the new one. That's gonna mm-hmm. be a, a big test for them. Are they gonna attract subscribers with that? Um, you know, it's hard, hard to say. We'll see. I mean, they'll attract me with Ruth Basket for sure. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it on their app. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. subscribe to it. I, I'll yeah. wait a week. I'll wait a week for those episodes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, I almost, it, they were initially the first people who were announced for Boogie Pop. Yes. And I was like, well, I'm guessing going to Funimation, but then Crunchyroll got it as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I still don't super need Funimation yet. The free app works just fine for me it right does. now. Yeah. In fact, you get, you can access more of the back catalog with the Funimation <laughs> free app than you can with Crunchyroll. Um, but yeah. we're not talking about that today. But yeah, yeah, getting films on their app would be, it would be a good way of getting subscribers because that's a big reason of why getting these films out in theaters is important. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, the number of cities that comes out, that they come out, they're only going to come, come out in major to medium sized cities. So that mm-hmm. restricts who's able to see them, but at least it creates a way to see the films um, that isn't buying a disc and streaming anime films continues to be a big problem in general. They're just, yeah, they're, they're, they're just not made available. And a lot of the times you can't rent them on like iTunes or, or Google play either. Yeah. Which is a, which is a big problem because 
I think anime movies are one of the best ways to actually get into anime over yeah. a series. Uh, like, because the series is a big long commitment. A movie is nice, bite sized, good way to enjoy it. That's how I ingest lots of my shonen anime. Uh, is I'll watch there's just the movies for them because I think the movies give me the same feeling it's, as the series would. Like it's the, I C, it's the CPM yeah. uh, business model. Just why yeah. bring over the series? We can just bring over the OVAs and movies out of context. Mm-hmm. People will watch them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but so as far as, as far as Funimation went, uh, I'm looking over my list and it looks like they had about three or four movies this year. They had the yeah. Gintama live action. Uh, the or oh yeah, they did they they did the Gintama live action. I believe it was them. I it would make uh, I want to say it's them. I could be I could be completely off base. Um, but it seems like it's a Funimation thing. The Gintama? No, uh, I, I it was think, yeah. Ozoland uh, distributed it. Oh, it was Ozoland. They, okay. they partnered with Wellgo USA, who I have never heard of. To, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Funimation was involved with that one. Oh, interesting. I thought it was they... a yeah a uh, an an Ozoland triumph. Uh, in that case, and I, I did actually, rec- I, I know that uh, I saw the home video release pop up in stores too. So, whoever Wellgo mm-hmm. USA uses for their distribu- distribution, uh, they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what it was because I saw the movie and I just assumed since Funimation usually gets their stuff into Walmart that it was a Walmart yeah. thing, but I guess it was not. Uh, I, I, I thought Gintama live action was really cool. Um, I. I went into it thinking it was just like a a side story like most anime movies are, but uh, I went with my friends and they were talking about it in context of the manga, how it's a manga story, and I thought that was uh, surprising to me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought um, uh, Ogori Shun plays uh, Gintoki and he's really good in it. Uh, I think that whole cast was pretty fun. Uh, it's hard to translate a comedy like that to live action, but I think they did uh, the best job they could have possibly done. Uh, I found Gintama much better than I would have thought. And I, I like, I like going to see live action anime movies in general. And this is uh, one of the top, topper tier ones that, yeah, I, my, my expectations for that Gintama live action would have been just bottom of the barrel completely. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so actually, if that wasn't Funimation, I think they only did uh, Bebop and My Hero Academia here. Right. Then. Yeah, they did the Cowboy Bebop release, um, which was not well promoted, but we did we did get that and My Hero Academia, and of course the Broly film is coming out. Oh, the the Broly um, the Broly, oh, yeah, the Broly feature for the old films, mm-hmm. which I think. That actually was a fairly solid release. Yeah. So actually, if, we, if we're breaking it down in terms of fun, just Funimation films works, it seems that they're not too bad, actually. Uh, it's just their lack of Canadian release for Eureka 7 was their, was their big blunder. Yeah, um, I would say so. And th- it may expose more of a just a brand managing problem at Funimation mm-hmm. more than a problem with their theatrical releases. Um, again, so many factors, you can't you can't pin it down. Um, it is worth noting that the My Hero Academia film had a substantially smaller release in Canada than it did in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to a degree, it's understandable since you know My Hero Academia is on Toonami in the states and it is not on TV anywhere here. Uh, and there's it's not I think uh, I think it's on Hulu in the states too. So 
you know, the exposure for that series is much wider yeah. than it is uh, here. But it is still extremely popular. With, it was it was huge audiences. when I went to, when I went to go see it. Uh, yeah. I didn't see it the opening day. I saw it a few days later. Oh yeah. Um, but it was still a huge crowd. Um, I was I was really impressed with that movie in general. Yeah, the, I, the crowds I, were nuts at the Vancouver. They had, they had to add additional screenings. Oh yeah. Um, I think I I don't know if they got any outside of the one you know a small theater that usually does the anime screenings here. But I know they had to add a bunch because they they uh, did not anticipate demand would be as high as it was. It was it was pretty big here. Uh, normally we have the one theater that shows the anime movie, movies, yeah. but uh, Hiroaka ended up expanding to the other two theaters that are a lot bigger. Yeah. And uh, after the initial dates were announced, they ended up going two weeks after I think here, uh, which was really really neat to see. I like I like keeping an eye on those things to see like if the movie's a little more popular than they thought. And yeah. my hero academia was definitely that. Um, yeah. it was also a really fun movie. Uh, I liked the whole, uh, seeing, seeing those goofballs in formal wear was, was great. I like, I, I really like those costumes. Uh, I like those outfits a lot and the whole mission to save the tower, like die hardish was really fun. Uh, I, I liked the movie a whole lot. It was really fun. Uh, definitely, uh, a good step forward in terms of shonen movies. Uh, cause normally they're not the best, but this one was really good. Shonen jump films are definitely, or shonen jump action films are something that have been steadily improving over the past, uh, the past few years. I Absolutely. Think the, the, getting Oda involved in the One Piece movies was a big step forward for, like, all of them. Yeah. And then, of course, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods, I think. Yeah. I think that more than anything has kind of fundamentally changed the approach. They're, uh, yeah, those two for sure. Yeah, they're not they're not doing the uh, the forty five minute double feature thing anymore. Yeah. They're 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 definitely putting more of a individual effort in each film. Um, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, did you go to the Brawly double feature? I do not like the Brawly movie <laughs> at all. Uh, I I I like I like the second one, the second Brawly movie a lot yeah. more. Uh, but the first one I think is just hot garbage. So yeah. I didn't even want it. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Um, that, that got a decent release, mm-hmm. uh, from what I gather. Um, and of course, like all, 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 all appropriate steps are being taken for that new Broly movie. It, it's worth noting that the, the Dragon Ball, this goes for the US as well. I'm still surprised that the Dragon Ball Z film, the new animated Dragon Ball Z film is getting like, Less of a large scale release than your name did yeah. last year, because your name got a, it. Like it wasn't a, um, a it wasn't the type of event where they just uh you know purchase out the theaters for mm-hmm. individual days like they're like they seem to be doing with Dragon Ball Z. It was an actual proper theatrical release, um, yeah. Like a a small not not like not a wide wide release, but a limited wide release. Yeah. Um. But they can't do that for Dragon Ball Z, Broly. That that I I can't wrap my head around. That. I it's, can't either. Especially yeah. like Dragon Ball has has almost never been more popular than it has right now. Not yeah. for not for almost twenty years, I'd say. Uh, and the fact that it's getting the release that it is is insane to me. Um, actually, Hiroaka, the first showing I tried to go to, ended up being sold out, which was a nice surprise. Uh, and Broly is 
absolutely going to sell out. Yeah, Broly. I think they're oh, wow. all. I, I was I was looking at the Cineplex listings last night, and yeah. they don't they don't seem to actually specify when a screening is sold out anymore. I think the listing just disappears now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it, it is uh, it is selling out quite yeah. uh, quite predictably. Um, oh, I still yeah. haven't I still haven't seen Dragon Ball Super, so I don't know if I'm going to go see it myself. But, I've seen enough of Super. Yeah. To get the gist of it, uh, it's real impressive. Um, I having not being constrained by uh, a manga format yeah. has really done wonders for the series in general. And having like that tournament that ended the yeah. super was was so good. Yeah, and it just it just brought so many people back into it. Uh, it yeah. was really it was really fun to watch yeah i I mean Uh, i just want more stuff like you know vegeta stuck in traffic with his kids screaming in the back seat kind of kind of stuff yeah well that's what that's what i want from dragon ball that doctor slump episode was really good yeah even though it 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 it, it great it creates huge continuity problems (laughs) with the with the doctor slump appearance in the original dragon ball though but let's let's not overthink that um also, we're we're going to be doing a Dragon Ball retrospective soon, and I'm going to all get get into that uh, when we do that. I think that covers it for Funimation, though. I yes. guess I, I I guess we're kind of breaking this down by distributor. Yeah, I now. guess that's what we're doing. Um, so, Attack Attack on Titan premiere. Did you yes. make it out to that one? I did not, because uh, okay. yeah. I was going to see it. On, I was going to see it on TV or on Control anyway. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't something that I really wanted to go out of my way and pay extra money to go see. Um, but I, I think Attack on Titan is fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm way behind in the anime and manga on that. Um, but uh, yeah, just in terms of, I, I know that I know that those screenings did well. Um, that's another situation mm-hmm. like the Hero, My Hero Academia one, where the Canadian release, uh, even when you look at it um, proportionally, was much, 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 much smaller in mm-hmm. Canada than it was. In the U.S., I, oh, in yeah. Vancouver, it screened only in one theater, whereas, like in equivalent cities in the U.S., you were getting, like, you know, you were seeing it pop up in like suburban theaters or multiple theaters in one city. Um, yeah. So it was mass, like, massively scaled back compared to the U.S. release, mm-hmm. um, which and that that release was done by Crunchyroll. Yes, uh, I don't well, know. They also did the Bungo Stray Dogs movie, which I yeah. also which I didn't see as well because we, I we that was the, that was the only other thing from Crunchyroll that we got this year. That was I think in early April mm-hmm. where they they picked Bungo Stray Dogs. We did not get like between Attack on Titan and Bungo Stray Dogs, we did not get the Soccer uh, Card Sakura movie two release. Which, oh no, we didn't. Around the same that was around the same time as Eureka Seven, and mm-hmm. I think that was a similar oversight. Um, like why? To not do a U.S. or a Canadian release of that film, I think, was a huge mistake that, uh, again, signifies some bad branding decisions. Yeah, that one that uh, <laughs> that was a big disappointment for me yeah. as well. Like, I actually had forgotten about that until you just brought it up, and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I was really upset about that when that happened. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Ha- 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 having that in the Eureka Seven movie skipped over in Canadian theaters, like both at the same time. That, to me at least, that's just like, oh man, they're just they're just not doing any market research here anymore, are they? No. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get anything else from Crunchyroll uh, in terms of what we missed from them. Mm-hmm. They did that uh, the Yuri on Ice event where they screened every yes. episode of Yuri on Ice. Um, that got quite a wide release in, as a Fathom event in the U.S., if I believe. Uh, I believe. And 
again, yeah, U.S. only, uh, not in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Big missed opportunity on that one. Oh, um, that actually reminds me, one other Funimation film we did not get was the free uh, Timeless Medley. Oh, true, yeah. Um, uh, a, a similar bungle. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have no idea why they would think not releasing that one in Canada was a good idea, but again, it just goes back to, um, you know, they're doing this stuff through Fathom Events in the yeah. U.S., it's extra effort to have to put together a film distribution in Canada. And they're just making these questionable calls about whether or not bothering with Canada is worth it. It's, it's, it is never a city by city thing. It's, is this a big enough release that we can include Canada, which is at the bottom of the priority list, regardless mm-hmm. of what city you're looking at or not? Um, and I, yeah, I think we're, we're getting some, Again, it's one of one of those questionable decisions, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so we didn't we didn't get free, we didn't get Yuri on Ice, and also the Mob Psycho 100 season two premiere. Technically 2019, because I think it was a couple a couple weeks or it was just this past week. Um, but that's another one that uh, we got left out on. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it with Crunchyroll, it's looking like. Uh, we're not going to be getting very much stuff from them moving forward. I, at least no. I'm not seeing any indication that they're going to be making any kind of push for this kind of stuff here. Because why it's especially, I, I, you know, you know, the, the television episode premieres, um, they're pretty, fr- they're, they're pretty frivolous to begin with. As far as those episode premieres go, I'm not super interested in them unless it's like, uh, more than at least more than a month away. And, and, even then, depending on if I'm excited for the series or not, uh, the only the only one of those I've seen was I went to the Ancient Magus Bride yeah. uh, premiere, which was fun. That was last year. Uh, but as far as Crunchyroll goes, that's about it from them. Yeah, d- uh, definitely. I think a a bad move skipping out of the Urian the Urian Ice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- that more so I think is a sign that they're not um they're they're, they're not they 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 don't really have much of an interest in doing theatrical events in Canada. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, keep an eye on that, uh, on that stuff. But if you, if you hear about a, uh, a show premiere happening in theaters in the U S you can, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that you're not going to see that happen in, in Canada as well. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe attack on Titan, uh, if they do one for season four, mm-hmm. but, uh, not, 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 not keeping high expectations no. on that. Uh, we did get a new distributor, uh, for movies this year mm-hmm. who did one, uh, Cinelife Entertainment. Did Sailor Moon the musical the movement yes. final? Yeah, very uh, very very wisely not skipping Canada. Uh, yes, I think there was a little little bit of a delay and a little bit of concern when that was announced, but yeah. uh, they, they they pulled through for us in the end. Yeah, that was one that um, popped up on the the Facebook ads for Cineplex events too, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, I've been a big fan of the Sailor Moon musicals forever. Uh, so seeing one on the big screen was like a dream come true for me. Uh, I think towards the end of it, the audience kind of started, um, revolting against it a little bit. Uh, just cause the, the characters, the characters just won't kiss. They'll, they'll look deep into each other's eyes and then just hug deeply. Yeah. Uh, which definitely got the audience riled up by the end of it. Uh, but that's, that's just stage musicals in Japan. Uh, I found, I thought it was, I thought it was a great end to that musical series. Um, I would love if they did more. I don't know if they will. 
Um, the crowd was very good. It ended up screening in more than one theater here. Mm-hmm. And in both, the audience was pretty full. I'd say at least half full. Uh, I don't know if more will happen after, uh, just depending on what the audience is like. I mean, Sailor Moon is pretty evergreen as far as those mm-hmm. live-action um, musicals go. So yeah. I, I imagine we'll see more. I it, It's funny that this one was the end of that series, and it was the only one we got. Yeah. Yet it's still... You know, it's still pulled in, pulled in a crowd and got people excited. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, especially because lots of people hadn't ever seen the stars arc ever before. Yeah. Uh, and this is like, this is like a very big adaptation of the manga version of it, uh, as opposed to the anime version, which would be very new to a lot of people. Uh, I, I love the hell out of it, honestly. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that actually reminds me, Sailor Moon uh, Crystal will be getting theatrical releases sometime, um, 2019 or 2020. I think it's. I think. I think that that um, that next arc is really up in the air. But yeah. The Dead Moon Circus um, yeah. arc, but we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I'll um, believe it when I see it. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, uh, which, is, which is disappointing because the uh, Sailor Moon Crystal Three was really good. Yeah, and, and I just want to—I want to see more. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, uh, Viz did release some films. Yes, they—they um, they started the year with uh, the Mazinger Z Infinity uh, film, which was a very—I was very surprised at first to hear that this got a theatrical release at all, because like, literally, like, what mainstream audiences do not care about Mazinger Z in. Canada or the United States, and they have little reason to because the the localization, English language localization, was never widespread for that series. Um, we did not get that one in Canada, no. uh, and I have not seen the film. I don't, I don't really like the visual style they've taken with it. I think it's, uh, I think it's the wrong approach for something like Mazinger Z. Uh, it does make for mm-hmm. nice model kits though, which might yeah. be the more important thing. Um, but I did actually. I, when I heard that this release in most U.S. cities was extremely popular with Hispanic audiences, that kind of brought it a little more into perspective of why Viz did that release uh, in the U.S. and maybe kept it in the U.S. only, mm-hmm. um, just due due to that audience. Because of course, in Mexico and and South America, um, the Zinger Z was very popular. It uh, it did take off there, and I, I think a lot of that uh, that cultural popularity. Has, has fallen into the U.S. as well. So, again, that case, kind of understandable that we didn't get it, but still, you know, kind of kind of sucks. Like, you, you, you just know that, like, a year or two ago, we probably would have gotten that film. Um, but uh, not not in 2018. Nope. Uh, also from Viz was, of course, the uh, the Sailor Moon... Uh, they, they did... So, they did two runs for the the old Sailor Moon films. Um, they did a double bill with the... Uh, was it R&S? And it was R&S together, and then... It was R&S, and then it was Supers and the Ami Chan's first love special. Okay. Uh, I, I have a story about this. Uh, I went to go see the R&S movies uh, at the at the big theater, because there, there's a small theater that is newer and has like a VIP theater and that's the one that most of the anime goes to. And then there's the theater that's the most popular, uh, which is where the bigger anime shows as well. Uh, 
I went to the big theater because I thought like, oh, a bigger crowd's gonna be fun. Uh, and they started playing the movie and it started out with Ami Chan's first love. And I thought to myself that it was odd and maybe it was just a, they were playing it between, before both of them. It turns out that they just messed up the screeners. Uh, oh. so yeah, so they ended up playing the Supers movie two weeks in a row instead of the R&S. Uh, <laughs> so after seeing, after watching Ami-chan's first love, which was really great to see on on a big screen, even though I had to leave partway through to tell them that they were playing the wrong movie. Uh, then the Supers movie started playing, and I realized for real that we were being shown the wrong one. Uh, so I ended up speeding over to the other theater in time for the S movie, because that's the one I actually wanted to see. Oh. Uh, and I ended up getting and my... They... And yeah, they would not, the theater you were at would not correct their mistake. No, because they didn't have the other file ready to go. <laughs> uh, so I ended up having to speed over to the other theater, and I luckily got there just in time for the S movie to start. Um, the S movie is still my favorite Sailor Moon movie because of the... It, it's a manga plotline that was adapted to a movie uh, largely focused on Luna. So it was really fun to to watch that on the big screen. It's also where the tuxedo mask dress of Santa comes from. Yep, everyone's which, favorite Sailor Moon gif. Which is one of my favorite Sailor Moon moments of it's, all time. It's so great. Uh, and then the week after, uh, we had just come back from a cabin, and I was feeling too sick to actually go see the Supers movie. Uh, or, or Yeah, which is okay because I've seen it before, and it's not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's notable that those Sailor Moon screenings, they actually, I think, were day and date with the U.S. Yes. Um, the drawback of that, though, is that they were announced in Canada much later than in mm. the U.S., so they were quite short notice. I imagine they were still very successful and popular, oh, yeah. despite being short notice. Um, also, they conflicted with almost every major anime convention in Canada. Um, I think there was direct conflicts with Animathon and Anime Revolution and Otakuthon. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those. So, again, some n- not really doing good research in terms of, uh, of release strategy. Yeah, that uh, happened. I think it, that happened to, to Winnipeg and Makia. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that yeah. it played only one day, and that was the Saturday of our con, and since I was working at the con, I couldn't go see it, which killed me, and I still haven't seen it to this day. Um, oh, I thought you. Ha- oh, I thought you did make it no, up to Maki. No, I, I still haven't. Uh, but we are. Uh, Icon is working with Eleven Arts, and we are uh, going to be showing Makia at uh, our winter event, uh, which means I get the screener ahead of time. So that's going to be fun for me. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to get Liz and the Bluebird uh, to show, which is going to be fun times. That's very. It's good that they're, that they're sending that to you because. Yeah. Uh, I think, as I mentioned earlier, Listen to Bluebird was a film where they promised a U.S. and Canadian release and uh, never delivered on the Canadian release, mm-hmm. I suspect, because they were trying to get... Eleven Arts was trying to get it out in Cineplex and failed mm-hmm. and didn't have an appropriate backup plan. Yeah, and I would, um, I would say the fact that um, they're licensing it out to a con like us means that it's not going to get a theatrical release at all, which is pretty disappointing. It is very disappointing, especially since I have not seen it. Um, actually, a f- funny thing about Liz and the Bluebird, I, um, when I realized that Cineplex wasn't going to show it, I actually contacted the Van City Theater uh, in, in Vancouver and 
asked them if they'd be interested in showing it. And then, like, two weeks later, it, po- it popped up on their schedule because um, they had listened to my request. Um, nice. Unfortunately, I was not able to see it on either oh, no. of the days that it was scheduled because it was at, like, 1.50 p.m. on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Right. Uh, and I, I, I'm not sure how well it did. I think, it, like, at least for the times that it was playing, I think I, I think they did well. But I haven't seen any news of additional screenings being planned. Um, oftentimes, the Rio Theater in Vancouver will pick up a film after uh, Van City Theater runs it. That hasn't happened, uh, so I don't know what what's going on with that. But um, that was so far the only screening that film has had in Canada, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was in my city, and I couldn't see it. So that um, it, that that really stings. Uh, and and it's too, and again, that's another case where a company had promised a Canadian release. They for on social media for for weeks they were saying the Canadian release is coming the Canadian release is coming and yet produced no evidence whatsoever that a Canadian release was in the works and then yeah now that that Vancouver screening has happened I guess that technically fulfills their their promise so I don't think Eleven Arts is going to be going to the effort of getting any kind of screening which really sucks like mm-hmm. I don't know and actually we saw this happen more with G Kids. Uh, throughout the year, I think. Yes. With G-Kids, they would... Again, they're they're working with Fathom Events mm-hmm. in the U.S. more U.S. more now, which means that to get a release going in Canada, you either have to strike up a deal with Cineplex or you have to talk to individual uh, art house theaters. Um, I, I don't think G-Kids got anything out in Cineplex. They year, did. Uh, they, they got... Did. They, uh, which is unfortunate for Winnipeg because we only have one independent theater and yeah. and they they really do their own thing. Um I'm trying to get more in contact with them through Icon and we're, we'll see where that goes, but at the moment um it's real rare when they get an animated show. Uh but Cineplex did get Mary and the Witch's Flower in uh the start oh, of the year. Oh, that's right. They did. Uh yeah. which I, I went to go see, and I found it to be a perfectly serviceable children's movie. Uh, I thought the animation was was fun. I, I liked parts of it, and I found lots of it to be just a little too childish for me. Uh, but it was fun to go and and see what was happening next with Studio Ponic and, and that whole thing. Uh, I, I found it just a little too silly for me. Mary and the Witch's Flower, it was playing at independent theaters for quite a while in Vancouver, so I actually, I think I missed the fact that it did hit Cineplex mm-hmm. um, as well, which is good because that's exactly the type of movie that should be going into yeah, Cineplex no matter what. Definitely. And, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I, uh, it, worth noting it's on Netflix now. Um, yes. It was, actually, this was kind of uh, weird. It hit Netflix in the U.S. about a month and a half before it showed up in Canada. We did get it in December, finally, and the reason... Uh, for that delay, apparently, was because um, someone, probably Netflix, was funding a French-Canadian dub for it. And when hmm. it hit Netflix in Canada, it included that French-Canadian dub hmm. by uh, by Cinelume. So uh, if you want to watch it in French, you can. Uh, I find that very weird. I think that's the first time I have seen that happen, where a release was delayed here because someone bothered to dub it in French. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, and uh, as far as G-Kids goes... Um, we're also, I know Modest Heroes, it played at a small animated film festival at the Van City Theater, uh, in October, but its wider release is happening, 
um, in think in the next few weeks mm-hmm. in the U.S. But there's been for that one for a Studio Ponic film, there's been no word on any kind of Canadian release, wider Canadian release for it right now. Right now, which I find a bit troubling. Um, maybe I shouldn't worry about it because again, it's you know it's a sort of you know Studio Ponic is the neo Studio Ghibli. So mm-hmm. I mean, if anything from G Kids is going to get a wider release in Canada, it's that. But there's been no no sign of it yet. So I don't no, know what I, to, to think of that. I'm not holding my breath out for anything that doesn't explicitly look like Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, from G Kids, uh, I I appreciate what G Kids is doing, but they just don't have the connections with the big theaters that Eleven Arts does, which is yeah. odd. I, I think it's the I think it's again the Fathom thing. Well, um, which is unfortunate well, G- because G Kids was using Eleven Arts for that's kind of where they both started. If, mm-hmm. Is that correct, or am I mistaken on that? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think yeah. I think you're on the money there, but I, I could be completely off base. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah, uh, which is unfortunate because lots of the G Kids movies that have come out, uh, I ended up catching. Well, I actually only caught one other. I caught Lou over the wall because we were screening it at our con. Uh, and I found it just to be a huge delight. Uh, yeah. it, it out Ponyo's Ponyo, uh, in oh, that, yes. in, that, in, in that it's very, <laughs> that's very, very good. The animation is, is fantastic. Uh, Yuasa can do no wrong. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. Um, Blue Over the Wall is one, one that I, they did not get it out in Cineplex films. I think that's one that really should have been in Cineplex mm-hmm. theaters. Um, I know that it seems like every every major director is trying to get a family film out right now because apparently your name sparked this big rush to get um, different family films out, and that's kind of uh, puttered out now a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lou Over the Wall is something that I, I think it did open in most of the major cities in Canada, but again, it wasn't the type of Cineplex. No. It didn't get like a Cineplex push, which it, no. it, it probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I did. That film was very delightful. I liked it a lot. Uh, I do think the the best standout moment was um, kind of the old timey cartoon style dancing that was yeah. in the middle of the film. That was. I think that's kind of the that part kind of went viral on social media earlier. Mm-hmm. That is the best part of the movie, but it's it's well worth seeing um, for sure. Um, I I can't say it was the best. Uh, you also thing this year, but I mean, how many how many things from him have we seen uh, this year alone? Yeah. Oh yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't see the other uh, big movie, Night Strip Walk On Girl. Um, well, yeah, because <laughs> o- that literally only opened in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, only say so it, it did screen at Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal, mm-hmm. but that was, I think that was like over a year ago, and it was completely separate from. Yep. I, I don't think G Kids was even involved with uh, with that. Um, yeah, that uh, Night is Short, Walk on Girl. If I were to pinpoint any th- any theatrical release this year where the ball was dropped in a catastrophic manner, it would be Night is Short, Walk on Girl from G Kids. Like I mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, G Kids has claimed on social media that they had been offering it to. Uh, into, to theaters across Canada. Obviously, there was no Cineplex deal for that one, um, which left them to try and do a, a, um, a an art house run. Uh, I I cannot believe 
that Van City Theatre and Rio Theatre in Vancouver, and actually the Nikkei Centre in Vancouver is doing another screening for it uh, in uh, in early February. So again, a third screening that is only in Vancouver. Yeah. I cannot believe that Va- Vancouver theaters are the only ones who are interested in in screening that film. Yeah, um, it's disappointing. I, it, I don't believe it. I, I, I cannot believe that. No. Uh, and, it, and it was especially disappointing because it was playing in that theater the day I flew back home from Vancouver. Yeah, you were uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> you, you, if you had known, like a few, like just a little. Er, I, I think they, they, it was announced that the screening was announced, like after you had booked your flight. Yeah, it was. Like, and planned your trip. If, if it had been timed a little differently, you could have stayed and caught one of the Vancouver screenings for for Night is Short. And yeah. I feel, I feel very sad that you couldn't because. That movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my favorite movies of the year, just period. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of makes me very sad that people across the country couldn't have seen it. I mean, it's gonna the home video release is coming out in a couple weeks. Yes. Um, I, I say just bl- blind buy it. It is so worth it. The movie is so it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I think it is. I, I think it's U.S.'s best film personally. And, and also on that note, if you haven't seen Tatami Galaxy, also watch that. Unfortunately, it's been pulled from Crunchyroll now, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know if it's locked down on Funimation. You need a subscription for it, but... I would think um, not. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check check it out. It's so good. Um, and yeah, that that's really where... The, the, the release of Night is Short, Walk on Girl is where I f- feel that thing... Like, it was just kind of a... Um, a dis- up until that point around July, it was just kind of a disappointing year for uh, July August. It was just it had been a disappointing year for um, anime theatrical releases in Canada. Night is Short Walk on Girl is the big red alarm that something is going seriously wrong here. Um, I and I feel that I kind of feel that this is a collective failure of like every company at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, because all, all, like obviously Cineplex is not is choosing not to take these on. Yeah. So obviously there's some degree of blame there. Obviously, I mean if if it's true what G Kids has said that they're offering it that, that they offered it to theaters across Canada or made or tried to push it to theaters across Canada, then I mean that's a bit of a failure of those independent theaters mm-hmm. because I can't imagine art house like every art house theater outside of Vancouver turning this movie down. Yeah. That's that's that. That doesn't make any sense. This is just this is like catnip to those types of things. Mm-hmm. They should they should all have been all over it. It was also kind of the fault of the Japanese licensor for Night a Short Walk on Girl for giving G Kids a hard time with it because uh, it was actually a 2017 film and it got it got massively delayed. That mm-hmm. that may have factored into it as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just it, that just seemed like a total failure on every level, and we're seeing more and more of that happen. Um, with with other distributors, but G Kids seems to be where it's most notable because they have most of the major films, and their their efforts seem to be getting lesser and lesser. Yeah, with, they, yeah. Uh, as, as time goes by, it's real. It's real disappointing, especially from a company who does like these very big Oscar pushes for lots of movies yeah, yeah. to not have them available wherever you can is a big problem. Yeah, just it's, it's disappointing. Uh, yeah. G Kids also they also put out fireworks this year. Oh yeah, that uh, that only that was in Vancouver and Toronto mm-hmm. only. Although I don't think many people are going to complain about that. No, uh, <laughs> based, based I on what I've heard about that film. Yeah, uh, the the uh, the main theme song is is 
fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, but and I've, you can I've heard... just, and you can watch Japanese commercial compilations yeah. from from the time that that film came out in Japan, and you'll get everything you need. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just it, it keeps popping up in every commercial. It was like mm-hmm. inescapable for those those couple months. Yeah, but I, I hope something happens with G Kids and they find a good distribution deal for Canada. Hopefully through hopefully through Cineplex, since that's the only main theater chain for for me anyway. There, yeah, I mean, there's Landmark. Uh, I, I'm guessing they do not have a location in Winnipeg. We have at least one Landmark. Yeah, uh, same, in, same here. We have we have yeah. one in in Metro Vancouver. Yeah, and I think there's there's maybe one in Northern BC. Yeah, they've they've converted lots of their theaters to these uh, extraordinary seating options with yeah. like with very very comfy chairs. Um, but yeah, landmark's great. If you have a landmark near you, mm-hmm. uh, that would be, that would be my, re- that, that's my chain theater of choice. If I go to a chain theater. Yeah, it's, it was, it was real nice. It, uh, I was impressed. I went, I went to go see, um, Suspiria there. Oh, and I had, I, I, and I had a great time. Yeah. The new one. Oh, yeah. Great movie. I know that, um, Crunchyroll had a deal with, uh, landmark, I think last year. That's, that's where they did, um, Megas Bride, was it not? Uh, no, that's where they were going. Oh, they, did Cabaneri, they did the Cabaneri of, yes. the, uh, of the Iron Fortress yes. uh, with with Landmark. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact how these how these deals work, but um, I'm surprised that more companies haven't at least tried to get Landmark. It, it, it feels like they're not they're not exploring all their options. Because no. um, I, I, I know I know Cineplex basically has a monopoly, but um, they do. Yeah, but I mean, like there there are other options, like. Come on, like these companies need to try. They're just not trying. Mm-hmm. They don't want to try. It's like they can't if they can't make Cineplex work. It, it's like if they can't make Cineplex work, it's not worth trying. And yeah, I think that is not the mentality that the companies responsible for distribution of these films in Canada should have. No, uh, they something needs to change there. Something needs to change with the mentality behind how mm-hmm. it, how it's all handled. With G Kids, there was also the Perfect Blue release. Yes, um, that was in Vancouver and. Toronto. One film, one one uh, theater did do it in Toronto. I don't believe anyone else picked it up, which is also outrageous. God, I would uh, kill to see that. Uh, yeah. See, the the Rio a few years ago did a bootleg screening of uh, Perfect Blue, <laughs> which I did catch. And I, you know, I I I'm not against that because I remember when I went to that screening, uh, there were like the theater was just it was like a midnight screening, and it was the theater was filled with people who had never seen it before. So it exposed that film to a whole bunch of new people, and I think that was that was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, it was not even if it was unauthorized. I cannot um, wait for that Blu-ray to come out. Yeah, it, yeah, God. Oh man, they, yeah. Talk <laughs> about talk, talk about high, like a long anticipated release. Yeah, because right oh, that old DVD um, is such garbage. Uh, oh yeah, it's like the, the it's like the worst of manga entertainment all in one package. It really, really is. Um, you can't even watch it on a widescreen TV because it is letterbox. Yep. Uh, similar to their End of Evangelion release. Yep. Um, but but with uh, Perfect Blue, I I did because you know it was just such a great experience seeing it at the real that first time. I wanted to see it again, again in, in a legitimate context, and I I could not get in. They had two oh. screenings. Um. And like it was, they were packed completely. The theater was overflowing with people, and I did, I, I just, and and like these weren't like anime fan people. They were film goers, like people mm-hmm. who go to film festivals and stuff. Were just lined up out the door, yeah. Uh, and I had no hope of getting in. Um, that, that, I, that makes sense to me with um, yeah. the reputation Satoshi Kon has. Exactly, and it is worth noting that uh, Van City Theater, to their credit, 
Um, I, I think Van City Theater, I, I, I like, they're the only theater I've, I've ever really communicated with about, uh, anime directly. Uh, mm-hmm. so I can't, I can't speak for theaters in other cities, but, um, their commitment to anime, is, it seems to be very good. They're willing to give anything a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think a good sign of that is the fact that around Christmas time, they ran Tokyo Godfathers. They, um, actually, licensed it wow i i it's still sony is sony still has that right i believe so yeah yeah i, I believe sony still has tokyo godfathers and paprika when van city theater screened tokyo godfathers like it was the original destination films release uh they used you know one of the source materials that they used for the very limited theatrical run that that movie got wow um back then it had the destination films logo uh play at the beginning and i <laughs> like I think the Tokyo Godfathers is like that. That has to be one of the last films that was actually released under Destination Films. Oh, through, yeah. through Sony. I, I was just very surprised that they went out of their way to get it. It also had the original, of course, those same original uh, subtitles that were used mm. uh, from the DVD. Which I have to say, those subtitles have not aged well. No, <laughs> um, I can the, imagine. Yeah, like uh, they they yeah they use other f word. Quite a yeah. bit in places where I don't feel it was appropriate, especially since that you know, it doesn't really apply to Okama culture no. uh, in Japan that well. Um, so, but you know, it was, st- it was still great to see. Um, man, I hope Tokyo Godfather. I, when I when they announced that they were screening that, I thought it was a sign that uh, you know maybe G Kids had rescued that film too when mm-hmm. it was getting into release. But um, it turns out that a local theater had just gone out of its way yep. to uh, dig up an anime classic, which. You know, I can't really get disappointed about that, but um, it's too bad that Tokyo Godfathers is still kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it gets a proper Blu-ray release soon. Um, but, but yeah, still, uh, G Kids could be could be doing a lot more. Oh, and uh, one other G Kids release, uh, Motherfuckers. Oh yeah. Um, which I believe another one that was only in Vancouver, unless mm-hmm. uh, did it did it did it did any other city? I think it got uh, another city or two. Because uh, I, I uh, Van City Theater actually screened it as part of a film festival before G Kids did their release. I think they actually screened the French version, uh, and then the Rio picked it up, uh, the English dub mm-hmm. when that came out. But yeah, uh, again, very. Oh no! It, oh, it actually oh, yeah. quite a few cities. It looks like it was uh, Alberta, Quebec, and BC. Yeah. So again, not. Um, not a great release, but it's something. Mm-hmm. So, but again, not again, absolutely not the type of coverage that that film should have been getting. No. Um, that that it didn't come out in Ontario was ridiculous. So, uh, I, I think serious problems going on with just with how G Kids is handling their um, art house releases, and it seems that if you know if Cineplex isn't playing ball, they're going to have to keep doing things that way, mm-hmm. moving on. So, I I hope that just at least G Kids on an individual level, if any improvement is made with Canadian theatrical anime in the next year, I hope it's just G Kids kind of gets their shit together mm-hmm. with that because they really need to. And the, you know, up until the end of the year, like going back to Eleven Arts, uh, you know, I, whenever something was licensed by Eleven Arts, I always thought, oh, good, this that is guaranteed wide, like fairly accessible release in Canada. Yeah, like they had they had the best track record by far. Um, up until, you know, their announcement of Haikara-san Part 2, where they just up, up front confirmed, like, yeah, this is not getting a Canadian release. 
Um, and that was really unfortunate because it seemed like they were the, the magical company that could pull anything off. They could get any, any, any film, mm-hmm. um, in Cineplex theaters. And that is no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, High Cars on part two, I can understand yeah. not getting that one out. It, it is like, it especially sucks with High Cars on because the only way you can buy them on home, like the only other way to watch them is to buy the home video release. Mm-hmm. The only way to buy the home video release is through Right Stuff. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, like, I don't want to ship something from Right Stuff and pay all those duties just for something I'm probably only going to watch once. Exactly. Um, like, we need, like, you need, you need to come up with some other solution. Hell, like, like, see if you can come up with some kind of Canada-only streaming deal. Like, Cineplex has their their fingers in streaming platforms. Like, can't they do that as an alternative? Yeah, like, you think? Yeah, it's not it's not as simple as I imagined. I know. Um, but yeah, that lives in the bluebird, uh, that was that, like, this is the big black eye on, Mm -hmm. on 11 arts. Um, like I, like I, I, I love 11 arts. They, they generally do a good job. They're the most open. They're very receptive. Like you can message them on Twitter and they'll probably reply to you every time. Um, but the fact that lives in the bluebird couldn't get its promised Canadian release is Mm -hmm. definitely a bad sign for them moving forward. I hope, I hope they can get that straightened out. Yeah, I'd say but so. It's, it's not look, it's not looking good. Um, um uh, speaking of GKs, they also did Mirai, which I, which we didn't get here, but it looks like it got a pretty big release in Canada. So Mirai is interesting. Um, because as with, uh, boy and the beast, uh, the, it is a extremely unusual case where the U S theatrical rights and the Canadian oh, yeah, right. theatrical rights are separate. Oh yeah. Um, so Mirai was not released by G Kids in Canada. It was released by a company called Mark Two Mile End, mm-hmm. who I had never heard of until they they're apparently Quebec based. Um, and I think the reason that these Hosoda films are divided is because the what I've gathered. I don't know this for sure, but it seems that either uh, the Japanese licensor or one of the top level partners for distributing uh, Hosoda uh, Mamoru Hosoda films. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to make sure that they get French re- language releases in Canada, yeah. uh, making them quite possibly the only company in existence that seems to care about that, which, you know, is good. <laughs> I, I, I think it's great. Um, Mark II Mile End, to their credit, um, I don't think they, they... Well, they did a better marketing job of mm-hmm. Mirai than I think um, Mongol Media did with the, uh, with, uh, with Boy and the Beast. They, right. Mongrel Media really did not give a shit about that movie when they distributed it. They, I don't think they even mentioned it on their social media once. <laughs> um, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Dumile and tried a little bit with Mirai, which was nice. Um, and it, they got into a, it's unfortunate. It sounds like they didn't hit Winnipeg. They did um, not. Which is a, it's a big oversight, but they did hit most other major cities. Yeah. It, it seems. Alberta, um, Ontario, Saskatchewan, BC. Yeah. Oh, they got Saskatchewan and not they got Saskatchewan, not Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, not Manitoba. That uh, that's weird. But uh, but yeah, I actually caught the film during the Vancouver International Film Festival. Uh, I like I I liked it. Uh, I thought it it was not as good as Hosoda's um, first three non-franchise films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's no Summer Wars or or Wolf Children or uh, Girl Who Left Your Time. I did think it was quite a bit better than Boy and the Beast. What stood out to me about it? Was how, of course, he meets his, uh, the, you know, his house has this tree that seems to serve as sort of a, uh, a link through time that people are able to time travel through. 
it's not entirely clear. The film does not make its uh, its time travel logic clear in any way, which is which I thought was okay um, for for like its thematic material. Yeah. But his older sister transports from um, the future for essentially shenanigans. It's not it's not really important. Um, what how what I thought was interesting about it was how you know the older sister she is. She actually does not play much of a role in the film. She only appears in a few scenes, despite oh. being the title character. Hmm. Um, but if if Mirai were a con- if, if it were a conventional anime, she would be the main character. The film would be the film, or if it were a series, would be about you know her various time travel antics, just exploring her her own family tree. But the film instead focuses on just, you know her her older brother uh, as a five year old, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of feels like. They took a one of her ver- one of the various adventures that this teenage anime girl protagonist would have, and focuses focused it on the younger version of her brother that she met on one of her journeys, and just kind of flipped it around. It feels like a story being told at the other end of the journey of a main anime protagonist, uh, and it kind of con- I think confining it to that perspective is what kind of makes it unique. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Uh, I just want to mention one more thing I saw, uh, and that would be Pokemon the movie, The Power of Us, yes. which uh, I think was Viz released, or the Pokemon Company, one of the two. Uh, I actually found this one really interesting. Uh, it's directed by, it was animated by Studio Wit, uh, who's the studio behind Attack on Titan, and it was really fun. Uh, it was a story with Ash, but also a lot of other characters. And each character gets about the same amount of screen time and gets their own arc. So it was interesting because Ash wasn't really the main character. It was a bunch of was a bunch of people all sharing the spotlight together. And it was just a different way of telling a Pokemon story. And I found that uh, super interesting. And it was uh, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And Pikachu didn't talk which was also a point in its favor. Uh, <laughs> even though I, I do think Pikachu talking would work in Japanese, does not work in English. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon, the movie, The Power of Us, was exceptional. And it's a little disappointing that they're going with a 3D CG movie for their next one. Uh, oh, I didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah, the, it's going to be, theoretically, a remake of the Mewtwo movie. Uh, but done in done in 3D CG, which is uh, an interesting step to take, but not entirely unsurprising given the reaction to the Detective Pikachu trailer. Ah, uh, yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Yes. All right, and uh, also two other movies I didn't mention. I guess you didn't see uh, Big Fish and Begonia. I did not. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and uh, oh, and of course there was also from um, from Eleven Arts there was Laws of the Universe, the uh, happy science cult mm-hmm. propaganda mm-hmm. film. Um, another one that they promised a Canadian release for, um, but it only opened in one theater in Toronto. I have a hard time kind of complaining about that one. Same but. here. <laughs> um, all right, and just to wrap up, uh, Gundam Gundam NT has been released, has been announced as a Fathom release for uh, 2019, as well as uh, we're apparently going to be getting those new Code Geass movies. And uh, Hunter, 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 The Last Mission. Um, what do you think the chances are that we're going to see any of those here? Uh, I think Gundam is a good chance. Yeah? I, I hope. I hope and I pray. Uh, Hunter, Hunter, I don't think we got the previous one here. No, uh, I so. And I think Hunter, Hunter just keeps going... Uh, 
out of cultural relevancy. So I, I'm, I'm not holding my breath for those. Yeah. Uh, I do really want to see Gundam, though. Uh, I hope that somehow makes it to us. Yeah, we'll see. I, 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 I keep getting the feeling that Gundam is just slipping away from us more and more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll just wrap it up there. All right. Uh, Randy, uh, b- uh, where can people find you on social media and online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am twitter.com slash chandyran, C-H-A-N-D-Y-R-A-N. I have recently changed it uh, to keep a low profile since I am now teaching and I don't want people to find... <laughs> my presence and it seems to have worked pretty well and uh yeah and thanks for tuning in to Zonan Canada you can reach me on Twitter at Jay Betteridge or email Canada at gmail.com uh theme song is by Ultra Clystron it can be found on his album Packet Flood which you can find at ultraclystron.com please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts Google Play Music or your podcast app of choice and leave a rating or review if you have a chance uh since it really helps with visibility for the show especially on Apple uh, if you know anyone who might like this show please recommend it to them see you again 